and welcome to the Big Happy Life podcast. We are back to the Emotions and Feelings mini-series. This is part three of four, and this week we're talking about improving your emotional set point. What is an emotional set point? It's basically the current level of emotion you're experiencing. I found a really useful resource called the Emotional Guidance Scale. I've put a download on the show notes page, which you can find at bighappylife.co.uk. And it's a resource that comes from Abraham Hicks, where they basically list 20 emotions or groups of emotions. And the idea of the Emotional Guidance Scale is to identify where you are on the scale and allow yourself to consciously move up the scale. So right at the bottom is fear, grief, despair, and powerlessness, and right at the top, joy, appreciation, empowerment, freedom, and love. And then a whole host of feelings in between. Now, although they're calling it the emotional guidance scale and they'd refer to it as emotions, based on the episode I recorded about the difference between emotions and feelings, a lot of the things on the list are things we would refer to as feelings. If for no other reason than because they are the conscious interpretations of the emotions we're experiencing. So although in this episode I may use the words interchangeably, it's important just to have that in the back of your mind, that the conscious thought element of the experience is different than the chemical, physical element of the experience, even though they go together. But the word differentiation for this episode isn't as important. What I loved about the emotional guidance scale when I first saw it was the concept of understanding where you are and recognizing that even potentially what we would refer to as negative feelings could potentially be seen as positive when viewed from the perspective of I'm moving away from something worse. I'm moving towards something better. There's a quote from James Redfield that says, where attention goes, energy flows. And I think you can kind of look at this in two ways. First, the energy you give to something. So kind of the energy you expend on feeling bad or feeling good, and the kind of energy you give off or the energy that goes with particular feelings or emotions. In that more spiritual realm with Abraham Hicks, they talk about all feelings having an energy, a vibration. And I would definitely agree with that. Often in the work I do, I'll be working with teams of people and they will talk about that kind of energy drain they get when there are members of the team who consistently err on the side of negativity or problems or stuff that's going wrong or could go wrong. And the whole team kind of gets tired out by it. And often quite a lot of them get drawn into those same vibrations and those same thought patterns. The same can happen at home as well. My husband has said this to me before. He says, you kind of give off this vibe. So you don't even have to be in the same room as us, but we can feel it when you're upset. So when you think about energy in both of those ways, you know, when I think of the corporate example, it takes a lot of energy to keep up that kind of problem focus and frustration focus in just the same way as in my case, those times when my husband's saying you give off a vibe, I used a lot of energy to stay angry or upset, and I kept the loops going in my thought processes. I would just replay things over and over. I'd collect memories from other times where similar things had happened. I'd imagine future events where something similar would happen again, and just continually whip that mood up. So the idea of improving your emotional set point is to say, 
you're going to be expending the energy either way and you're going to be giving off an energy in whatever state you're in. If you could be more intentional about where your attention goes and therefore where your energy flows or how you spend your energy and therefore what energy you give off, what would you do? To answer that question, the emotional guidance scale can actually help. To give you an example, let's say you are feeling powerless. If you were to take a look at the emotional guidance scale, you would see that anger is five levels up from powerlessness. So if you were quite intentional about using that anger, maybe sitting with a journal or writing a letter to the person you're angry with, not necessarily to send that letter, but just giving yourself a chance to do something, to place your energy in a space that actually feels better than the state you were in before, that can help move you up and therefore improve your emotional set point. So instead of feeling powerless, now you feel angry. And theoretically, we would say, okay, well, anger isn't a great place to stop. And of course, you wouldn't necessarily stop there. But the point is, from there, you could move another level up. Maybe you end up pessimistic about your chances to change the situation. But pessimism is another eight levels up from anger. If you're thinking, well, hang on, how can pessimism be so far up the scale from anger? If you think about it, in order for you to be pessimistic, you have to be pessimistic about something, which means your mind has already started creating possibilities. And that's the difference. In anger, your focus is on the other person and the things they did wrong. With pessimism, you've already started focusing on solutions, even though you don't necessarily buy into them. And that, again, is a more productive thought process pattern to be in. I found this idea really helpful because a lot of the times if I was feeling fear or powerlessness, I would want to try and jump all the way to the top. I wanted to feel empowered and energized and happy. And I sometimes think we expect too much of ourselves. It's too big a leap to take all the way from the bottom to all the way to the top. But if we can bridge those gaps, if we can find activities, ways to direct our thoughts so that we can progressively move up the scale from each new set point, we have another range available to us. So if we again think about feelings as having this kind of energy or vibration, there would be a lot more similarity in the vibrations of powerlessness or fear and the vibrations of anger. So the ability to jump from one to the other is far more realistic, far more manageable. And when we do so with intention, there's this kind of underlying positivity that says, I'm on the road to something. So the anger that you experience when it's reactive rather than intentional, so you're not thinking about moving yourself up the emotional guidance scale, you're not thinking about moving yourself towards anything better, feels a little different, or at least it does in my experience. Because when you're placing yourself there intentionally with a view for improving how you feel, you already feel more in control. And that has a very different feeling than out of control anger, where you wish you felt something else or you wish you could calm down. The other thing you're doing without necessarily even realizing you're doing it, if you adopt this technique of moving up the emotional guidance scale, is that you're breaking the loops of thought that would keep you in those worst feeling states. There is no way to feel better without breaking the pattern. 
So anything you do, either in terms of breaking thought patterns or breaking behavior patterns, doing something that makes your body feel different, will likely move you to a new emotional state. Even if it's only one step up, a new pattern means a new feeling, which triggers different emotions. Because remember, we said they are different things. They're part of the same whole, but they are different. And if you'd like to revisit that idea or you haven't had a chance to listen to that episode, you'll find it under the difference between emotions and feelings. You'll be able to access it through your podcast app or you can visit bighappylife.co.uk. As I mentioned, the necessity to break thought patterns or behavior patterns underpins the ability to move from one emotional set point to a better one. And so in this part of the episode, I look at some ideas for how you can do that. The first I've already alluded to and have recorded previous episodes about, and it's about better feeling thoughts. Sometimes by changing the way you're thinking, you can change how you feel. I usually find I can do this either by writing in my journal or talking to somebody who I trust and who I can be really open with, who is not involved in whatever the issue is that I'm struggling with. A coach, a mentor, a therapist, or a trusted friend can all be really helpful for this. But what I've also found is that because we don't have full control over our thoughts, sometimes trying to think your way out of a negative feeling can make the whole thing worse. In my case, when it's not working for me, my thoughts turn to self-judgment and I become more critical and think about, oh, why can't I do this? I'm so negative. I can't do anything right. And then I end up in these even worse spirals. So what I've realized is in those situations, thinking my way out isn't going to work. And then it becomes more about using a different technique, one that will quiet thinking, one that will allow you to access the space between thoughts. So for me, that's all about silence, letting go. Usually meditation or some kind of breath work works really well for me. So things like the Wim Hof method, I've put a link in the show notes to that. I've also recently discovered something called Soma breathing, S-O-M-A. I found that on a YouTube channel called The Evolution of Dave, which I'd highly recommend if you're looking for health and wellness practices that will help calm you and allow you to improve both physical and mental health. The third strategy is what I call flow activities. The things you do that just allow you to lose time and lose yourself. Perhaps things like painting or doing puzzles, drawing, whatever. Any kind of thing that maybe as a kid you loved and you haven't done for ages or a hobby that you have, but there's always something else to do. There's kids and housework and cooking and all kinds of stuff that just takes up your time. And so you never really get time to do those things. When you're looking to improve your emotional set point, bringing those activities back in can be really valuable, if for no other reason than just to break the pattern, break the cycle of what you're experiencing that keeps you in those negative loops. And then the final strategy is exercise. As I mentioned before in the episode about the difference between emotions and feelings, emotions have a physical component. And so your body is flooded with stress hormones when you experience negative emotions. And one of the easiest ways to move those through your system, allow your muscles to work the way stress hormones want them to work, and then make space for other chemicals and other hormones to make their way into your bloodstream, one of the most productive things you can do is exercise. You may need to experiment with what type of movement works for you. For me, sometimes a HIIT workout is much better because I really just need my body to suffer, for want of a better way to put it. 
So when I'm full of negative energy and I'm really stressed, a HIIT workout can help my body relax. But then in other situations, that kind of thing can really G me up and it can make me feel worse. So sometimes yoga works for me. The slowing down, the breath work, the necessity for balance, and kind of how your body mirrors the thought process requirements of getting yourself back into alignment or back into balance. The best thing I can recommend there is to just try different things and see what works for you. And as you're doing them, if you start thinking, actually, no, I feel much worse while I'm doing this, then stop and try something else. There is no bad type of movement, only things that work for you and things that don't. So the more things you try, the more you'll build up a picture over time of what's in your things that work list and what are the things that actually you may as well leave because even when you try them, they don't do anything for you. And there you have it, the practices that can help you improve your emotional set point by breaking the patterns of thought and behavior and making space for something better feeling to come through. If you have comments or questions, please visit bighappylife.co.uk and you can either leave a comment on the show notes page or if you would prefer to talk in person, book a discovery call and that gives us half an hour to chat about anything you would like to talk about. For now though, thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.